0: good to be in church today. Joshua chapter 3 I want you to turn to this morning to start with. <clears throat> Thank you for reading Joshua 1, our brother Glenn. That was a long passage, He chose that? Wow, I have to fire that guy for sure. <clears throat> Before we get started I wanted to um, just let you know where my brain's at during the week. I um, I was thinking about modern things about, about what's happening today. And um, I'm sure you've all heard about, about the rising um, cost of inflation and also how, how the energy bills are getting higher. But, but what about chimneys? They've gone through the roof. <laughs> yep, that's where my brain goes during the week. <coughs> and then, um, if you think that's deep, you've, uh, you've heard the saying that money doesn't grow on trees, but why do banks have branches? <laughs> I want you to contemplate on that during this week and think about that. All right, now I've uh, had my two dad jokes. <coughs> And I actually remembered them, so that was a good thing. All right. In, uh, in Joshua chapter 1, we, we, we see an amazing um, thing that's about to happen. And in Joshua 3, we're going to read... We'll start with the first six verses, I'll read that, and then I'll pray. And then we'll get into some simple thoughts this morning. <coughs> the Bible says in Joshua 3, verse 1, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim. From And came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass, after three days, that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure, Come now, uh, sorry. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. <coughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, for church this morning. Thank you for the songs we've been able to sing as a congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to, to think about you and, and, to, and to worship you in song. And Lord, we appreciate the time now where we can just, just gather around your word and I pray that you will just speak today and help us and please help me as I deliver the word of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> So in this in these chapters we see the amazing story whereby God is going to do something miraculous in the sight of the children of Israel. It isn't the first time that God has done uh, done something miraculous, but it is a pivotal moment in Israel's history. God has parted water before at the Red Sea when Israel transitioned from slavery to freedom, and now he's and now he's going to part at the Jordan River, which is another significant event because now Israel now uh, transitions from their wilderness wilderness wanderings and they're going to enter into the promised land. Events in our life that seem are difficult and, and tumultuous always um, seem to be there before we go into something else, before we transition, from where we are into something new. And I want to encourage you this morning as we we look at this particular passage that God was about to do something and we can learn from the children of Israel what they did, what happened in their life and we can maybe apply some of those things to our life um, as I guess to help us. Um, I know where I'm at. I know a little bit where our church is at but there may be people here today, I don't know your story, I don't know if you're facing a troubled time or a tumultuous time, but maybe this is for you. Just some simple thoughts this morning um, about crossing Jordans in our life. The first thing I want you to notice in verse 1 and verse 2 is that the first thing I notice is that when times are difficult or there's something in our way that we can't seem to cross on our own, First thing is to stay calm, stay calm. Um, the children of Israel, we see in verse 1, it says, Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel. And notice what they did. They lodged there before they passed over. So they, uh, they were told to, um, in, in chapter 1, God is telling them, you're going to cross this Jordan River. You're going to go through, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to help you, and I'm going to get you to possess the land. But then when they get to the Jordan River, the Bible, uh, the, the Bible story says that the Jordan River was swollen. It was flooded. We've seen in our day and time now, there are swollen rivers throughout Australia, or have been in the very near past. And when, when rivers get full... And, rivers fl- and when rivers flood their banks, when they start to flow, they can be uh, they can be a very scary place. Have you ever seen a flooded river up close? <laughs> I remember years ago, when, when I lived in a little country town of Tabulum when I was a teenager, the Clarence River, it flooded. and there was one small bridge that everyone crossed to get obviously from one side to the other, and it got um, destroyed. And I remember being down at the river bank, and the river was just flowing very fast. And it's not just the sight of the river, but it's the noise of the river as well. It can get very loud. It can get very, it, you can feel overwhelmed. You can feel a little bit scared. And to get across, they had to have a boat and to get people across to and from. And this is where these people were at. They were told that they were going to cross the Jordan. And then when they get there, they now come across this swollen river. Very opposing, very fearful, and instead of just throwing up their hands and going, oh, we we don't know what we're going to do, the Bible describes them there that they're going to just lodge there. They didn't panic, they didn't lose their cool, they stayed calm. And the thing that I want to encourage you with is that when troubled times come your way, I want you to not be afraid. I want you to stay calm. In chapter one, in verse nine, that was read this morning, God tells um, Joshua and the people, He says, "Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage." He says, "Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest." When you come across something that you feel like you're supposed to cross, or it seems like God is leading you, and and you're trying to follow His footsteps, and you're trying to obey. And all of a sudden you come across this thing that is very opposing, very scary, very fearful. The first thing you have to be able to do is stay calm. Be willing to stay in front of that thing for as long as God wants you to stay there. And now this requires some patience. I don't know about you, but when I want to get somewhere, I want to get there now. I don't like staying behind slow drivers. Put your hand up if you enjoy slow drivers on your way, on your journey. I just love them and I let them know about it as well. I roll my window down and I say, I love you very much. Thank you for being so slow. No, not really. But it requires patience. The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, it mentions that that, um, tribulation worketh patience. God allows some of these things to help us learn some patience. See, we only see the swollen river. We only see the troubled times that we must face. We have to get through. And we never think that maybe God has this for a reason. We just think, i got to get through this. Or we, we may even think, why do I have to go through this? What I'm trying to obey God and, and, and I'm trying to follow Him, do what's right, and all of a sudden I've got this swollen thing that I'm going to get past. Why is this happening? It could be that God wants us to learn some patience. So being able to stay calm, being able to stay put, requires us to have some patience. And I want to encourage you this morning that whatever it is that you're facing or that you may face in the future, understand God has maybe a purpose for it. God has allowed you to come to this place and God's allowed the children of Israel to be in this place and it requires some patience. But then it also requires a little bit of purpose as well. When when the troubles come, we have to determine, instead of running, we're going to stick it out. Whenever there's a problem, sometimes people quit. Sometimes people leave. There's no perfect church. There's always going to be a problem in someone's life at church. When those things come, someone offends us, the decision's not made the way I think it, would be, it should be made, why is that person doing that or why didn't I get chosen for that or, or whatever it is, I wanted my way or um, I'm thinking about something or, or someone said something to me, sometimes people quit. And there are many people who used to come to Good Shepherd who are not here any longer. And that, that's their choice, that's their decision But for us, we need to purpose in our heart, no matter what problem there comes in life, whether it's at church or whether it's at work or whether it's health or financial, whatever it is, we need to have some purpose that we're going to stay calm. We're not going to react, but we're going to act. We're going to do what God wants us to do. So the first thing is stay calm. And that's what the children of Israel, when I read this passage, that's what seemed to happen. The next thing, number two, is stay close to God, sorry, stay close to the things of God. Stay close to the things of God. We read verse 1 and verse 2, it says, and it came to pass after three days, so now that, I know three days doesn't sound like a lot, but if you've got this problem and you you have to confront it and look at it and think about it day after day after day, it can be a challenge. So if three days... Notice um, what it says there. It says that the officers went through the host. So Joshua is now, I'm telling the officers, I want you to go through the host and I'm going to tell you, uh, I want you to say some things uh, to all of the congregation there, um, to all of the people. The first thing, verse 1, it it does mention there that that Joshua rose up early in the morning. One of the things that we can do when there is a problem in our way is to stay close to the things of God. And that's including the man of God, including the pastor, including those who have been placed as leaders in your life. Make sure you, especially if they're godly men or godly women in your life, stay close to the things of God. Joshua showed some dedication to the people that he was someone who who rose up early in the morning. Those men who are committed to God and who have dedicated their lives to the service of God and to the study of God's Word and to the leadership that God has placed them in, they're the sort of people that we should listen to. They're the sort of people that we want to get around and and follow and watch what's happening because they're already showing some dedication to God. It's not just some guy that comes in off the street and says, hey guys, I'm going to start another church, Let's, let's go and follow me. You don't want to follow them. You want to follow the person who has already put runs on the board. Someone who has stayed faithful to church. Someone who has shown that they have your interest at heart. And Joshua is this sort of leader. Joshua showed showed some direction. Have you noticed in this passage, he sent people out. He sent his, his leaders, his choice men to go through the congregation and they're going to explain what's going to be required, what God wants them to do. And I want to encourage you that when there's a problem in front of you, stay calm, but stay close, stay focused, stay close to the things or the people that God has placed in your way. I want to encourage you, staying in church amongst God's people is a must in times of testing. Don't try to do it on your own. I don't know... um, We all get times, and I get times like this every now and then, that when there's a problem that's arrived, sometimes I just want to be alone. I don't... uh, The last thing I want to do is is be around people who seem to have it together, and I don't. They're not facing the problem, but I am. And sometimes we just... We don't want to either let other people in. We don't want to... it, It seems like others are doing well, and now I'm struggling with something... And I get like this, and sometimes I do want to quit. Sometimes I, I don't want to be around other people because they don't understand. But stay close to the things of God. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14, I'll read that verse for you. Proverbs 11 and verse 14, it talks about, it says, <clears throat> Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsellors, there is safety. Multitude of counsellors, multitudes of people. When you're having a hard time, stick close to others who may be able to help. Stick close to those who are in leadership who have your best at heart, who will pray for you, who will encourage you, who may even rebuke you at times when we need it. The last thing we need to do is to run off and stay away. Get close to the things of God. Verse 3 and 4 in our verses here stay clearly focused on the Word of God. Let's read verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, and they commanded the people saying, so, so the men that have gone out, the leaders that have gone out, this is what they've been told to say. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. Stay clearly focused upon the word of God. The ark was to be put in front of the people. Now the ark represented God's presence with his people. And I want to encourage you, I want you to know that God's presence is, is always with you. He doesn't leave us nor forsake us. If we've been born again, if we know Jesus as our Saviour, that's a promise in the Word of God. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. God will never leave you in the problem that you're facing. Even though it sounds like it's a mountain, even though it sounds like you can hear the raging of of the river, even though you can't see the way through, God's presence is always with you. And it's at those times, especially when we're going through the hard times, that we don't forsake the word of God. We don't forsake the word of God. The Ark of the Covenant was the, was the vessel that, that hosted the two tablets of, of the Ten Commandments. God's word should be the, the thing that, that is our guide. God's word. When there are troubled times, you need to, to purpose in your heart to spend more time in the word of God, not more time listening um, to the world not, time, not more time listening to the philosophies of the world or the, or the, or the rules and the regulations that are, that are forced upon us, but we need to make sure that we focus and concentrate on God's Word. That's what's supposed to be our guide. That's the thing that was going to lead the children of Israel through this river, through this, this thing that seemed impossible to pass. Now, I also like what it says there. It says that in verse 4 that there's supposed to be a a space between the people and the Ark of the Covenant. They were not to overrun the Ark. They were supposed to allow it to go first. They were supposed to wait, and as the Ark moved forward at a certain pace, at a certain distance, then they follow. They've never been this way before, the Bible says. You're supposed to follow it. Sometimes we get in our minds, we, we uh, we may have this problem, and we're waiting and then all of a sudden we see something that we think we can go and do. We see a way to fix this problem. We see an avenue. We see an opportunity. And we think, that's the way I'm going to go. I'm sick of waiting. I'm sick of having to deal with this. I'm sick of the, the fearfulness or the uncertainty. I want something done about it now. And we run ahead of God. And we get ourselves into the deep water. We, we find a path that maybe God never intended for us and we get ourselves in trouble. The Ark of the Covenant was the thing that was supposed to lead the people. They had to wait for the people to carry it through. They were supposed to wait until the signal was given. That was when the Ark of the Covenant has gone through, you go through as well. You follow it. I wonder how many times we make a decision based upon our own thinking, based upon our own desires, based upon our own circumstances, based upon what we think is best instead of waiting for God to lead. So many of us, myself included, can make rash decisions because we just think it's right, because it's what we want, because it's based upon my emotion or my impatience or not just wanting to deal with a problem that's at hand and we need to make sure that we don't overrun God. We need to stay clearly focused on God's Word. Number four, we're up to number four. I've only got 30 things, all right, so, <laughs> so don't panic. Okay, we got the, the water's not going to go away, we're going to baptism after this. No, I'm only joking. Number four, <clears throat> verse five, stay consecrated to the Lord. Stay consecrated to the Lord. Verse five, and Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves unto the Lord. uh, said unto people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Interesting thought. Even in the midst of a problem, we're staying calm. We're listening to the leaders. We're listening to what they have to say. We're starting to focus on the Word of God. We're trying to allow God to be our guide, to teach us. Um, We're trying to be patient. We're trying to learn. Now, the next thing that God says before we're going to get through this this problem in front of us is we need to now consecrate ourselves. We need need to sanctify ourselves. We We need to look at ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. God wants to do a wonderful thing for the people, but something needs to take place first. And God still does this today. God wants to do a wonderful thing in your life. God wants to take you to maybe something totally different or to the next stage of your Christian life or the next stage of of whatever it is that God has for you. But God says, I want you to do something first. I want you to consecrate yourself. I I want you to examine where your life is at. Because maybe the next thing that God wants for you, maybe something needs to change first. Maybe there's something that has to take place in, in your life. The people had to sanctify themselves, and that they needed to set themselves apart for God. It just, it's a decision that they had to make. Can you imagine if when Joshua told the people, and so, said, like, you need to sanctify yourselves, they went, no, I don't think I want to do that. I'm comfortable with my life the way it is. Are you comfortable with your life? Are you happy just where you are as a Christian and that's it? Is is this the best you want your Christian life to be? Are you you satisfied as if this was recorded that this is what you are as a Christian and for God? Is this all you want? Or do you want to go a little bit further for God? Do you want to go ahead for God? When God records what's happened in your place, and if someone stood at your funeral and they were to read out what they thought of your life, what would they read out? Would it be just, well, he came come to church? Or do you want it to be said, hey, they were faithful in church. They served and they grew and, and they did this and they went on and, and, and they honoured God. And I don't want my life just to be the way it is now. I want my life to grow. And for me to be able to do that is I need to examine myself. Are there things that I haven't set apart for God. And God kind of says, I can get you through this, but I need you to examine. There is something I want you to do. We wait upon God and we stay calm and uh, we search the Scriptures and we allow God to teach us, but there are some things that we can do for even for ourselves, not to help God, but as a requirement from God before we take the next step or before we go through this. It's like our part in the, in the blessing process. I wonder what God's going to do in, in your life. I wonder what God's going to do in this church's life in the coming days and years. I don't know about you, but in this last 12 months, it, it seems like a, a new corner has, has taken place. Seeing a lot more people getting saved. A lot more people are getting baptised. A lot more people are are coming and joining and being involved and and serving in ministry and, and doing different things. It seems like, I don't know the exact steps God's going to take us on, but we need to be set apart for God. And I believe God wants to do something with Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And I believe God wants to do something individually with each of our lives. Whatever it is. It could be the next career choice. It could be the next health uh, challenge, it could be whatever it is, God's going to help you get through it and get to the place where he wants you to be. I wonder if we don't see the miracles as much as could be because we just haven't sanctified ourselves. We We haven't set ourselves apart. We all like the thought of going further. We all like... The thought of God doing something miraculous in our lives. If I was to ask the question, who would like to see a miracle in in your life? I guarantee you most people would honestly say, yeah, I'd like to see a miracle. I'd like to see God do something special with my life. I'd like to see the blessings of God in my life. But I wonder we just don't see that that often, like a parting of, of water, like where we can definitely say God did this, because I wonder if we just haven't, maybe sanctified ourselves. We haven't done what God requires of us personally. So stay consecrated to the Lord. Number five, we're going to read down some more verses now. And this is, this is mentioned in chapter one that was read several times. In, in chapter one, verse seven, verse nine and verse 18, it talks about stay courageous. Stay courageous. So I'm going to read those verses Uh, Chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all according to the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Verse 9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? That's being courageous. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Verse 18, it says, Whosoever... He, uh, he be that, that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him. He shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. That's us to be courageous in the face of the trial or the problem or the, or the thing that, is, that we must go through, God wants us to be courageous. Now as we consider verse, sorry, um, chapter 3, Remember, they were told that when, when the Ark of the Covenant goes before you, then you must follow. Now, I want you to think that tr- the Ark of the Covenant, we, we, we said, represents God's word in our life. We're supposed to follow it. What happens when God says in the word of God, gives you a direction of what he wants you to do, and yet it seems odd, or it seems, <clears throat> you want me to do that? How am I going to do that? The river or the problem is still there. You want me to somehow, through the Word of God, you want me to go through this problem? You want me to step into it? You're crazy. That can't be what God wants. I'm waiting for the problem to be removed. I'm waiting for God to take the problem away. That's the way I can see through. But God says, I want you to be courageous. I want you to be courageous. When the the Ark of the Covenant goes through, I want you to follow it, even if it's into the river. Even if it's through the waves. Even though it sounds scary, I want you to step out because you're following my leading. And that's why he says in chapter 1, I want you to be strong. I want you to be very courageous, be of great courage because there's some things that you're probably going to have to go through that may seem very weird and odd and, and not normal, but that's the way through. And I want to encourage you this morning that whatever the problem that, that or, or the thing that is Before you today, there may be some things that God may want you to do, some steps that you need to take that you're going to have to have some courage in. There may be something you may need to go to somebody and say, there's a problem. This is hindering me. This is something that has been a struggle. It may be... uh, an act of repentance, something that you need to put aside or it may be to something that, 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 that you know all along it's the right steps to take but you're fearful of it because of what people might think or how it may cost you or how it may affect you but you need to be courageous in it. Verse 15 and 16, let's read verse 14. When it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people... And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. There it describes the river flowing, overflowing, being swollen, being flooded. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaraton, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain even the salt sea failed, and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. But they had to make the steps; they had to be courageous enough that when the when the priest when they entered into the water, they had to follow, even if. Now this is the kicker: even if the waters never parted, they didn't. They may have remembered, or the stories been told. Um, when they faced the Red Sea and the waters passed and and they went through. Maybe they remembered that story. But at that present, they they were at a swollen river and they were told to follow the ark, follow what God says. And at that time, the water was still raging and the ark started to move and they had to head toward the river and the water hadn't parted yet. The water, it wasn't dry land yet. And yet they had to move out of their place and start making steps. And that's maybe what God wants for you today. After you've settled down, after you've asked God, and after you've consecrated yourself and you've, you've looked at your life, is there sin present? Are there things that need to go? Am I focusing on the Word of God? And then God says, I want you to start making some steps. Follow me. Even though you don't see the way yet opening up, start. Be courageous. Even if people don't understand, even if, even if we don't understand, start making the steps. God, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that, that God will make us a way of escape. He'll make a way through the problems that we face. Number six, and this is the last one. Number six, stay committed. Stay committed. Joshua 4 Verse 1 says, And it came to pass when, when the people were clean passed over Jordan, so they made it, praise the Lord, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of, the, out of the place where the priests' feet stood firm, twelve stones, that ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every man, sorry, out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, take you up every man of you, a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask your fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. So as they crossed over, they were to pick up 12 stones out of the river and place it on a heap to make a memorial. On the other side, the the side now that they've gone through, they've had to suffer the process, they've had to obey, they've had to be courageous. Now they've got through and they've set up these stones as a heap. And these were to be a memorial for the generations to come. It wasn't for them to go, look what we did, look how great we are, we managed to do this. It was there as a memorial for God that when the children said, why is there a big heap of stones here? What is it? Why do you respect these stones? Or or why do you come and visit these stones? Or, Or what is it? What is the importance of these stones? They were to be able to tell the children, this is what God did on this day. We passed through, or granddad passed through, or great granddad passed through, and we remember what God did. I guess just like we, as a nation, we remember Anzac Day. None of us here were were at Anzac Cove, but we remember maybe family members, maybe great granddad or grandpa or, or, or somebody that did serve or, or even serves in the military now. But we, we use that as a memorial for our country that there was a significance at a certain time. And for us, we need to make sure that we're committed enough that when we get through that problem, when we get through to the other side and God never left us and God showed us the right path to take and we consecrated ourselves to the Lord and we spent time in the Word of God and we stayed close to the man of God and we listened and we obeyed and all of a sudden we're on the other side and I'm still whole, I didn't die, I've still got friends, I've still got a church to go to, I've grown some, spiritually, that is, I don't think I'm going to grow any taller, but we've grown as a Christian, we've managed to get through, and now it's time to let others know, hey, this is what God did in my life. God, we serve a great God who can do all things, even though it's scary, even though there's a flowing river that is loud and I can see it and I'm fearful of it and I cannot see a way through to yet, God did make a way. And this is what God did and we need to be committed to that. Make sure we teach our children and our friends and those that come to church that God is real, that God is great and whatever He has done in my life, He can do the same in your life. I'm sure you've heard it said that we're really only one generation from our churches dying out. If we don't tell our children... If we don't tell them what God has done, eventually when we all die off, if if the Lord has hasn't the Lord hasn't come back yet, and as we die off, our younger ones, if if, we, if they're never told or encouraged or shown what God is doing, there'll be no interest. So each one of us have, I guess, a, a task. As we go through, we commit to tell others what God has done. Now each one of us as I mentioned in the beginning, we all face a swollen Jordan of some sort in our lives. And maybe even today there's something that you're going through or there's a challenge that seems scary <laughs> and daunting and you think, I don't know how to get through this. I don't know what to do. There are some things that you can do to help yourself, to allow God to do what he needs to do. Firstly, stay calm. Stay calm. Don't panic, don't run off, stay close to the things of God, be willing to listen to what the man of God says and when he's preaching the word of God. (coughs) Stay focused on the word of God yourself. If the pastor says something, look it up, make sure it's right. Allow God to speak to you through his word. Consecrate yourself before the Lord. Make sure there's nothing hindering you, you and God, between you and God separate some things, get right with God. But then stay courageous when the time comes, God says, now I want you to take a step forward. Even though you can't see even the reality of it, be willing to take that step forward and do what he wants you to do. And then when God does get you through, notice they went through on dry land, they they didn't even get wet. Imagine that. The problem seems so big and you think, if I go near that, I'm going to get hurt. It seems like we're all, each one of us are afraid to get hurt. Uh, I'm like that. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt emotionally. I don't want someone to upset me. I don't want to feel like someone hates me or someone's against me. But And it seems sometimes that stops us taking that step. We're fearful of something. But they went through on dry land, got opened away, and they got through unscathed they Got through on the other side safe and exactly in the place where God wanted them to be. And I guarantee you, if you'll follow this pattern, if you'll follow what God says in His Word, as God tells you to move, even though you think you're going to get your feet wet or you're going to head, you're going to get into that problem and I'm going to get in trouble, or I'm going to get blasted, or I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to have to sacrifice something, just do it, and God will open the way, and you'll get through. And you, then you get an opportunity to praise God and say, whew, have a great God. And this is what God has done in my life. All right, I'm done. I'll pray and then we'll get ready for the baptisms. Did you want... All right, so did you want people to go and get ready? All right, if you're getting baptised today, those that are involved, uh, please get ready to do that. I'll pray and then we'll get the men to come and get the baptism ready. Lord, we're thankful for... Um, The word of God this morning, thank you for the opportunity to preach. Pray that you will use what's been said to encourage and to help someone today. And may you receive all the honour and glory. And we thank you for the one getting baptised today. May you please bless this time and encourage them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.